motherfucker to bring me some motherfucking weed from the hospital, man. Fuck that. Tell that boy to go pick up 10,000 from Dez and go take about like 20 G's from Gino. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Notorious HFL podcast, and I'm your host, the Notorious HFL, aka Huge Fat Loser on social media, aka Aaron Loman in real life. Um, as always, I thank you guys for joining me to listen to the thoughts that rattle around inside my head and the thoughts that rattle inside other people's heads as I often get messaged on certain topics to talk about, and I sometimes seek out uh, and ask people what I should talk about on this podcast, because generally a lot of times, I don't know, and I don't have guests on because my schedule is crazy, and usually when I do this podcast, it's just me sneaking down to the basement for about 40 minutes, talking about something, and, um, you know, putting it up there, and, you know, no editing, just... I don't think I've ever edited a podcast, honestly. I put in the intro, I put in the podcast, and then I just let it fly. All right, that's why, as always, needs to be said, the opinions in this podcast are my opinions and my opinions alone, not the opinions of my employer or anybody else on this planet or any other planet. They're my opinions alone. So in addition to my usual 35, 40-minute, whatever it is, ranting on a topic, I'm going to start doing what I call the mailbag at the end, where... You know, when I put in my story about things that people want to hear on the podcast, um, I'm not necessarily going to get to all of them. Or maybe I'll make a future episode out of them. And uh, some of them are just funny. So I'm going to get towards, when I get towards the end of this podcast, I'm going to read them off. I'm going to answer some of uh, these questions with maybe an answer you want to hear or maybe an answer that you don't or maybe something that's just uncomfortably true. But um, one of the topics I want to get into today actually came from somebody. And it was called Overcoming the Fear of Anxiety to Start a True Health and Wellness Journey. You know, um, five, six years ago, when I started this, uh, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. All I knew was that I needed to change desperately. Um, I was on a really bad path. I was very negative. I got in trouble at work. Um, At that point, work was my, as it is with a lot of people in law enforcement, it is what their identity is. Um, people ask you what you are, you say, oh, I'm a cop, or, you know, they put a lot of other things on the back burner when your employer, I don't give a shit what it is, should be the last thing that you think of when you think of yourself. Um, your identifying characteristics should not be what your job is. And I think that's one of the main issues that so many people have today is that they identify as their job in law enforcement. They identify as their job in whatever it may be, you know, um, I hate to take this away and I hate to talk about this, um, but, you know, my wife's uh, grandfather, he was a Marine, right? And um, every year, and the same things with my father, right? My father, um, I know we went through periods of seeing each other and not seeing each other, seeing each other from the the holidays and, you know, not seeing each other. And if you listen to this long enough, like there were years where we didn't see each other. He pretty much walked out on me. That's all. I'll get into all that um, if you haven't heard about it already uh, through previous podcasts, or you know, uh, I will definitely be addressing it in a future book which I am working on. But um, he identified as a fireman, my dad, and. Um, Every holiday would roll around and, you know, what are we going to get dad? Oh, yeah, he likes fireman stuff, so he's a fireman, so we'll get him fireman stuff. 
Same thing with my wife's grandfather. He was a Marine. He identified as a Marine, and that's what people knew him as, and they would buy him fucking Marine shit all the time. Like, And I would see that stuff as a cop, and I would, like, literally, it would just spark nightmares in my head. Like, I, that was the last thing that I wanted was to be the guy who got the fucking thin blue line fucking this or the Punisher skull that for every single fucking holiday that rolled around because that's what people thought I was for the rest of my life. And uh, I always try, like, while I enjoy being a cop and while I still enjoy being a cop, um, that's not something that I want people to know me for forever. Um, that is not what people, I want people to know me for um, when they meet me. I want them to know the person that I am who just happens to be a cop. And that's the most important thing. So you have to stop identifying um, as a cop. So I was doing that. Um, being a cop was my identity. Uh, it was, you know, and I got in trouble at work. And like I said, it was really rough for me for a while. I didn't know what the, what the future held. I didn't know what was going to happen as far as my career was concerned. There was always things going through my head where I really thought that I was going to be fired or I was going to leave the job voluntarily and I was going to become, I'm not even joking you, a, an avocado farmer in California. Uh, back when I was in trouble and I had a punished, uh, not-by-choice desk job, I would look up real estate to buy a farm in California so I can grow avocados. This is not a joke. This is a, this is a true God's honest story. That's what I used to do. Um, and I had a full-on plan about how I was going to leave this job with my family, of course, and um, become an avocado farmer. But I didn't. Um, I just thought it was just, you know, I look back on it as being like a, you know, a rash decision that people don't think of, much like people nowadays. They're thinking of leaving a, a job that pays them six figures pretty much to walk in the door and deal with some shit. Does it suck? Yeah, it fucking sucks sometimes, a lot, all right? But if you're the one letting this fucking job ruin your day, ruin your life, ruin all this shit, you're a fucking idiot. It's your fault, all right? Go listen to last week's podcast, all right? If, if you're letting little things... Like, what goes on in this job ruin your fucking day? It's your fault. You can choose how you react to it and how you deal with it and what, you, what kind of stress you place yourself under and how you relieve yourself of that stress. You control that shit. Nobody else. All right? But I wasn't doing any of that. This is why I talk about this shit all the time because I had to discover this shit on myself. I didn't read a fucking book. I just had to determine I need to fucking get better. I need to change my life. I need to do all this stuff. I need to get in my physical health better. So right around the time where... All this stuff was going on. I was very depressed about the job. I had already gained a massive amount of weight from not, uh, you know, engaging in any physical activity like I should have been. I let myself go. Uh, I was up over 425 pounds. I had a hard time walking up, the, up and down the stairs. I used to get parking tickets because I used to double park uh, illegally. And um, I, I was very lazy. I, I, you know, being just getting out of bed, like literally hurt in the morning. Like I was in pain every single day. Uh, for the at least for the first hour, two hours of the day until I got blood flowing into my joints. I and I thought that was normal because you hear other people in my profession or hear you know, you see all the memes all the time about people, oh yeah, you know, uh, when after you pass thirty, you know, everybody you're always in pain or whatever. No, but you know what the truth is? It's not normal. You should not be in physical pain. 
Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I'm in a different type of physical pain every day. These days, it's from working out. And that's a different type of pain where it's almost like a feel-good pain. Like, you feel good. You feel like you accomplished something. You got a little muscle soreness. You know, you're growing or whatever. That's a totally different type of pain. But to have just regular, uh, plain old joint pain or, like, pain that, like, really makes you want to quit every single day is not fucking normal. So I knew I needed to change. Um, around that time, I had a nightmare where I was at work and I died. For those of you who have heard this story a million times, uh, too bad, you're going to hear it again. But I had a nightmare I died at work. I was on the rooftop. I was trying to apprehend a perpetrator and I was overcome and I was thrown off the roof. And I f- was falling down, dying to my death, you know, falling to my death, dying. And I saw my daughter growing up without me. At this time, I didn't have a son. Uh, and it was just my wife, me, and my daughter. And I saw my daughter growing up without me, lighting a candle at her sweet 16 without me. It was, like, really fucked up. I'm sorry. I get, I get a little emotional talking about it. But, um, you know, I saw my wife without me, my daughter. And, uh, you know, it, it really fucking hurt, you know. And uh, I woke up the next day, and I decided that I'm not going to do this shit anymore. And uh, I'm going to start to change. So what I did that day was I just said, okay, what have I done in the past that has worked and that I enjoyed and that I was successful at? And that was sustainable, right? Because you go around the internet every single fucking day and you see all this bullshit about, you know, fad diets and this works and, you know, fucking plant-based and keto and fucking juice cleanses and all this shit. It's, it, listen, honestly, intermittent fasting, it's all fucking bullshit, all right? And I'm when I say it's all bullshit, I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm saying is that you don't fucking need to do it. If it works for you, it works the same way as any other diet does because it fools you into going into a calorie deficit. There are no metabolic adaptations that your body goes through. By doing those diets, there's no special thing that happens unless it makes it easier for you to stick to the diet by doing those things, there's absolutely zero point in doing them, okay? So for me, the most enjoyable thing, the most sustainable thing that I have found for myself and future down the road for clients is a sustainable calorie plan, right? Um, I didn't start out by eating a lot of protein and whatever else, which I learned, and I wish that I would have done at the beginning, which I tell my uh, clients nowadays to do. Um, I just started out strictly doing two things. I started tracking what went went in and out of my body, uh, out. Um, I wasn't tracking my poop or anything. I was just tracking how many calories I would uh, spend doing activity, which is also, to me, unnecessary because uh, I quite, and people who... People who rely heavily on fitness trackers and they go like, oh, look, my fitness tracker said I burned 400 calories, so that means I get to eat an additional 400 calories. No, it doesn't work that way, okay? What I mean by tracking in versus out is that you should be doing some type of physical activity, which I was, I'll get to in a minute, and you should be tracking how many calories you are consuming. Now, for me... I have used, I'm sure like many people listening here, whether you're on and off a diet, you've used MyFitnessPal, you've heard of it. Um, It's no longer owned by Under Armour anymore. It's owned by somebody else, but it's still the same concept. Um, It has a million foods in there, at least a million foods in there, probably everything you could possibly think of, and if it doesn't, you can put it in yourself. And I put my data in there, 
and it said that I burned that I uh, my metabolic rate was I don't know whatever. Well, I don't remember what it was at the time, but it was like twenty four hundred, twenty five hundred calories. Going forward, I realized that my calories that I was actually uh, utilizing way more calories, and I could have actually eaten more calories. But you live and you learn. All right. Whenever it comes to going to one of these programs, I suggest you just pick a program, stick to it, and learn as you go. Okay. Because there's going to be no perfect program that you come across. I don't care whether it's a software program or a coaching program or something you saw on the internet. Um, it's going to take adaptations to you. And the same thing happens when I coach people, right? I'll give people a basic plan to help get them started, right? But unless you as a client are taking the responsibility to come back to me and be like, hey, listen, this doesn't work for me. I'm more comfortable with this. And listen, I check in with my people every single day. And I know most coaches do not fucking do that, okay? They hand them a plan. They're like, here you go, buddy. See you later. I'll check on you next week. I check in with my people every single fucking day. And if you're not, like, coming to me, if, if I give you the opportunity to speak to, to speak and you're not telling me that something's going on or you're not comfortable, you're not losing weight or, you know, you're having a hard time being motivated or any of this stuff, I can't help you through it if you're not telling me what's going on, okay? So that, that's just a side note, a caveat to if you hire a coach, you hire somebody and you're having an issue, fucking tell them what is going on and talk to them because there's no possible way that they could read your mind and they know what the fuck is going on. So that's exactly what I did, but I did it on my own. I used my fitness pal. I put in my calories. Um... And I just stuck to my calories every single day. I wasn't worried about macros or protein, which I personally think macros are fucking overrated. Unless you're trying to go into like high-end performance or like go into performance goals and shit like that. Because I've bounced in and out of macro-based diets and out of macro-based diets. And what I've found personally is how you make up those carbs and fats as macros doesn't fucking matter. As long as you're hitting your protein number which uh, is going to be different for everybody based on what kind of goals you have and whatever else. But as long as you're hitting that number and you're hitting your calorie number and you're making up your carbs and fats in a different type of way, um, you'll be fine. You'll be fine to lose weight. Like we're talking about here, I'm not fucking putting people on stage. That's not my goal. I don't give a shit. If you want to, listen, I've never been on stage. I don't have any fucking desire to be on stage. But if you're looking to get on stage and you're looking to compete, I'm not your fucking guy. I'm not your coach. Don't listen, like... I don't give a, like, don't listen to anything I have to say because um, what I'm talking to you about is sustainable, healthy weight loss for life, okay? I don't give it, and you can ask any competitive bodybuilder, you can ask um, most fitness professionals, bodybuilding, while it looks healthy, is complete, is extremely unhealthy, okay? And they will tell you the same fucking thing, all right? So don't get the two twisted, all right? And the same thing when you're looking for a coach. Just because somebody's been on stage or they fucking look completely ripped doesn't necessarily mean that they know what the fuck they're talking about when it comes to you losing uh, a large amount of weight. Or th- uh, you should choose somebody who has been where you've been and tried, you know, at le- or at least have had clients successful in doing what you want to do, okay? And I'm not saying that guys who have been on stage don't know shit because, listen... I, where I work out, some of the best professionals in the world, both on stage and off the stage, and they can do both, okay? What I'm saying, though, is it's a buyer beware market when it comes to coaching and, and training. You got to be careful who you hire and who you let into your life. Um, otherwise, you're going to be throwing your money down the toilet, 
and you're going to be a lot worse off when you started. I'll give you one perfect example. When I was dieting, before I got to the academy, I had to lose 100 pounds to get into the academy, okay? So weight loss and losing fat was no, uh, I wasn't strange to it, but I was very strange to it in the way where I was making a lifestyle change. So before I went to the police academy, I had to lose a, at least 100 fucking pounds. Otherwise, I was never going to pass the physical fitness requirement. I was never going to get over the wall. I was never going to run, never going to do any of this shit. The truth is, and if you've heard me talk before, I had no fucking business being a cop, like zero, all right? It was a job that I took as a necessity. It wasn't a dream I had. Um, and it was something that I was like, okay, listen, let me get in shape. I can fucking do this job. I need a paycheck. And this is a reliable paycheck. Fucking five weeks vacation. They were paying $25,000 a year. They'll take everybody. Great. I'll fucking do this shit. I can do it. I was anybody. All right? I was the anybody that they were looking for. So I lost 100 pounds. And how I did that was exactly how nutritionists and dietitians, a lot of them, will tell you how to lose weight. Eat 1,200 calories a day and fucking do excessive cardio. And that's exactly what I was doing. So you know what I did? I ate 1,200 calories a day. I would have one cheat meal a day, cheat meal a week. And I would fucking compl- I would do hours and hours and hours of cardio on the fucking elliptical or the bicycle. And I would just crush myself. But it got to the point where I then went to the academy and I had zero energy. I couldn't even fucking stay awake in class. I completely fucking shot my metabolism. Not only that... I was eating 1,200 calories, and then I started to gain weight. Do you want to know why? Because my body got so used to burning the 1,200 calories that when I wasn't doing excessive cardio, because now I was working, I was in the academy, um, I was gaining weight because my body was able to operate on 1,200 calories, and now it had no place to go from there. The only place I, if I wanted to lose more body fat or lose more weight, what I would have to do is I would have to drop it to 1,100 calories, then 1,100 calories, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's why these types of 1,200 calorie diets are so fucking dangerous because it doesn't give you a place to go, right? The goal is that you should be eating as much as you possibly can and still losing body fat, right? You want to eat, let's say your BMR is 2,500, you should try to eat 2,400, and then if you start losing body fat, you eat 2,400 calories and do what you do until you plateau. Then you eat 2,300. And then you, I mean, there's a little bit more caveats to that. But basically, that's how you fucking lose weight. That's how you lose body fat. Okay, now let's talk about losing weight versus losing body fat, right? And this is all stuff I had to discover throughout the last five and six years. Like, I didn't know any of this shit, okay? Um... Losing weight versus losing body fat. Anybody can lose weight. You can stop eating for two days and you lose like 15 pounds because your body no longer needs the water, so you expel the water and you jump on the scale and you lost 15 pounds. This is how these detoxes and fit teas work. All right, They trick you into thinking, hey, look, I lost 15 pounds on the scale. Meanwhile, you didn't lose anything that meant anything. The second you input food back into your body, that weight is going to come back on. All of it. So you didn't lose real weight, you lost water. Water weight is not weight, you know, in the traditional sense. You want to lose body fat. The same thing, when you drop your calorie intake to 1,200 calories, um, not only are you burning body fat and water, you are losing muscle tissue because the first thing that your body is going to look to for sugar is your muscle tissue. And it's going to eat up your muscle tissue, especially if you're doing excess cardio, right? And that's not good for you either. All right, so that's why you should try to maintain a normal level of calories 
and slowly drop off and slowly progress. There's been a lot of people, in fact, most people that I've put on calorie plans and increased their calories because they're doing so well and they're being active. So I had to figure all this stuff out, you know, and um, a lot of this was a foreign concept to me. I just knew, like I said, I had to start something. And what I started was the MyFitnessPal calorie tracking. Like I said before, I wasn't tracking anything else. I was just tracking calories. And I did this for about two months, just calories. And I lost uh, around 20 pounds or so, 15, 20 pounds. The truth is, I honestly don't fucking remember what I lost. Because I was just trying to focus on developing habits that made me healthier. And that's exactly what you should do. You should start focusing on habits that make you healthier. And you should worry less about the scale because the scale can fluctuate greatly. Um, You should worry about eating whole foods and tracking calories and then, you know, use the scale as a guide. So that's what I did. And then I bought a bicycle. And the reason I bought a bicycle is because something I remembered as a kid, exercise that I liked was going on the bike trails with my brother, uh, hanging out. You know, it was cardio, but it wasn't like running. I fucking hate running. I still hate running, and I don't recommend it to anybody, especially those big dudes. Um, you're just murdering your joints, in my opinion. So, you know, take it with, with a grain of salt. If you like running, though, and that's what you like to do for exercise, fucking do it. But don't force yourself to run if you hate it. All right? It's pointless. Don't stop forcing yourself to do shit that you don't like just because that's what other people do, and that's what... Um, other people recommend to you. Okay, so I liked bike riding. So the first thing I did was I was like, I'm going to buy a bike. And I thought to myself, I remembered, I actually had a flashback to the last time I rode a bike, which was like five years prior, and I was pretty heavy. And I tried to go up over a curb, and I was heavy. So the fucking bike rim bent, in, like literally in half, and I went head over fucking handlebars onto the pavement. And I just thought to myself, like, am I too fucking fat for a bike? So I fucking did what anybody would do. I Google searched that shit. I looked it up. Am I too fat for a bike? And you know what the truth is? Some people were like, yeah, uh, you're too heavy for a bike. Uh, Other people were like, no, you're not too heavy. Other people said that you had to get a certain type of bike that was stronger, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. Other people said you can get a a mountain bike because the rims are stronger. Make sure it has strong rims on it, whatever. So that's what I did. I bought a bike at a local bike shop after looking it up online and going in there, having it sized, and I ordered it through them because, you know, I, I love to support local businesses, so that's what I did. And I got it. I was pumped, and I took it to work the first day, and I got a flat tire, and I thought to myself, this shit is over. This is fucking bullshit. I am too fat for a bike. I'm never going to improve. I should just give up. I should fucking quit. I walked my bike to the train station, took the train back. My wife picked me up, and I was, like, literally fucking defeated, embarrassed, like, I'm a, I'm a loser. You know, this is it. And um, I looked up online um, how to make my tires, because what happened was I got a pinch flat. So I went up over, like, a little bit of a curb, like, not like a crazy curb, but, like, a little, like, bump. And what happens is if you have a lot of weight on the bike, you get what's called a pinch flat where it pinches in between the rim and it just gives like a little like cut. So my tubes weren't as strong as, you know, you can possibly make them. So what I did was I ordered things that people use to make their tires stronger. I 
ordered a set of tires for the bike that were like literally made for riding on city streets. They're like street tires for a uh, a mountain bike. And then on top of that, I ordered a thing that goes inside the tire that helps to limit the penetration in case whatever happened got through the the wheel. Like I was that serious about it because I didn't want to fuck. As much as I wanted to give up, I didn't want to fucking give up. And that feeling of wanting to give up and quit is actually what fucking motivated me to not quit. All right? I'm a, I'm a psychopath. Like... Um, sometimes I will make up adversity in my fucking head that doesn't exist because that's what pushes me through. That's what gets me going. I will say some fucked up shit to myself to keep myself going. All right. So I did that. And then, um, I just kept on doing that. And I did that for about another month and a half, two months or so. And at that point, um, I still hadn't started social media yet. I still hadn't done any of that stuff yet. I was just doing my own thing, trying, whatever. And then my wife says to me, hey, listen, you know, you're doing really well. You should try to see if you could help other people uh, do the same thing, you know, because as I'm doing this, my whole mindset in about life starts to change. My life, my outlook starts to get better. Not only was I getting more physically healthy, I was getting more mentally healthy. I was spending more time at home. I was enjoying my life more. I was doing all these things because physical fitness is a big, 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 I I think the biggest thing when it comes to mental health, all right? Because if you don't have any type of goals whatsoever, uh, if you're not improving your body, like your mind just starts to go places you don't want it to go. And like my mental health, like I said, I went from like straight up depressed, suicidal to really like loving my loving everything there is to about life. Like there are things that I used to fucking like hate that I absolutely love now just just cuz you know, I'm alive, man. Like I tell people all the time like bro, like I shouldn't fucking I shouldn't be alive whether I would have died of fucking covid or something else like or depression or suicide whatever it was. I am so happy and so grateful to be alive that, like, I love everything. Um, not everything. I mean, there's still shit that pisses me off as, you know, as natural. But, um, you know, so when people ask me, like, what I'm talking about now, overcoming this fear and anxiety to start a fitness journey, um, you should be afraid not to start a fitness journey. That's really what should fucking scare you. Because there is nothing bad that can happen from starting a fitness or health journey and transforming yourself and getting better. There's nothing bad that can happen. Everything that's bad that you think about, whether it be like, oh, I'm going to be judged at the gym or I'm going to be judged from somebody else or um, is all stuff that's in your head. And listen, there are fucking dickheads out there that are going to judge you for doing whatever. But you know what? Fuck them. They're not you. It's not your. It's not their life. And how fucking dare you put your own life on hold and the life of the people that you love on hold for some random fucking jerk-off asshole in the gym? Fuck that person. Fuck them. They obviously don't... People who judge other people in the gym just don't... Straight up, they don't love themselves. They're in the gym because they hate themselves. And what... And listen, I hated myself too. That's why I was in the gym. But you know what? It ain't working for them. And they're using it for the wrong reasons. All right, and if they're using it to fucking judge people and be an asshole, yo, they're an asshole. 
Fuck them. All right. If anything, what I do is like I said, I make up adversity. I'm a fucking psycho. I pretend that these people in the gym are fucking judging me. So yeah, now you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put on a fucking show. I'm gonna show you what I can do. So you fucking judge me and sit there and you watch. You watch what I can do. See me six months from now, and I'll see you six months from now. I say shit like that to myself in my head, and you should say the same fucking shit, all right? There's nothing wrong with saying that, all right? Yeah, at the end of the day, are they judging me? Probably not. You know, I made it up. But is it going to help me move forward? Fuck yeah, it's going to help me move forward. And that's what you need to do. Um, you know, that anxiety that you have going into a gym for the first time or starting a fitness journey is 100% normal. When I first started my social media account and, you know, when my wife was encouraging me, I did not want to fucking do it. All right? I, I was... I had a Facebook page and, you know, personal page, and I was very negative on there. I used to post a lot of negative shit. Like I said, I was in a very, very bad place. And I didn't want to start an Instagram page because, A, I didn't know anything about Instagram. I, I, I had an original page. I think I had like three posts on it. And I never really posted to it. I didn't know shit about it. I still, people think I'm like this social media fucking genius. Like I know anything there is to know about social. I, ha, I seriously have no fucking clue. All right. I literally post what I want, when I want. Uh, I don't pay attention to the fucking algorithms or any of that shit. I throw a couple fucking hashtags on there that I think are maybe relevant. I don't know anything about this bullshit fucking any of I, I don't know anything about anything. I'm just literally just trying to do what I do, have fun doing it, and I, I post what I feel, and I'm, I try to be as authentic as possible to who I am, all right? So, but I was fucking nervous at first, you know, because putting yourself out there, especially being in law enforcement and law enforcement, um, if you don't know, is probably the most judgmental and assholish um, peer pressuring career path you could possibly go into if you want to do anything in addition to law enforcement. So the second you try to have any goals that don't involve fucking locking up bad guys and you know just identifying as being a cop, you are going to be heavily fucking judged for doing that. Okay, that's why you know there's a lot of guys who broke the the path. For that, like Mike, listen, I love Mike. Mike Cunahan, no donuts here. He really forged the path for a lot of other cops and went through a lot of shit so that other cops can feel comfortable uh, posting shit on social media. But because of what I saw that he was going through at the beginning, I wasn't even going to identify myself as a cop at first. I was just going to go on this fitness journey and, um, you know, whatever. But... I felt also felt it was an injustice to not tell people that I was a cop for other cops who I know were stuck in the same scenario that I was in, because I, I, I still see it every day, to know that it can be done and that it is possible on our career path. Because if you listen to my last episode where I told people that it's their fault, um, people use their career path as an excuse to not do shit and not improve and a lot of people in society let certain career paths like law enforcement off the fucking hook with this shit because it's like, oh, you have a tough job. Everybody's got, oh, I got news for you. Everybody's got a fucking tough job and you can fucking do it, all right? Um, you can make small improvements every single day um, to get better. And there is no if ands, or buts about it. I, if you're having trouble fitting shit into your schedule, I will, I will help you, okay? And... Not only that, I'm willing to concede that you can't, let's say you can't fucking work out. Let's say you have absolutely no time. I know there's a lot of women, you know, single moms on this job. And, you know, 
mad respect, mad power to you. Like, I have no fucking idea how women do it on this job, let alone um, single moms and shit. All right, it's fucking wild. I, it, it's it's insane. But um, I'm willing to concede that you have no time to work out or do an at home workout, even. All right, but guess what? We can always control what the fuck we eat, right? And that's 85% of um, maintaining a healthy lifestyle is controlling what we eat. And you can do it, all right? So if you need help doing it, I'm, I'm here for you, all right? Um, like I said, I, you, you know I have a business outside this. But and that's not an ad. It's just, you know, whatever. If you need help, I'm here. Um, so... Don't be afraid to start a fucking journey and don't be afraid to put yourself out there because so many people, myself included, uh, when I first started this journey, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I had to turn to other pages and other people who were trying to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish and almost look for them for guidance, especially on social media. So if you're afraid, think about the people that you're possibly potentially robbing of that ability to look to you for advice or for help or for somebody to emulate and go on their own journey and be successful. You know, that's as far as the social media thing is concerned. If you don't want to put yourself out there on social media, fucking don't. But I'll tell you right now, it helps a lot. And it's helped me a lot in my path because not only has it helped keep me motivated, knowing that I motivate other people and that, you know, people send me messages, you know, listen, Truth be told, there's a lot of fucking times I don't want to go to the gym. I want to quit this social media shit. I don't want to do it anymore. But then I get fucking messages of encouragement telling me, yo, listen, man, uh, I just got to tell you, you changed my life. Or I have conversations with people, people who were thinking uh, very, very negative things, and I've led them on the right path. You know, I've helped them a lot. And it's those conversations that really help me keep going in my own journey, you know, seeing that it has affected people in a positive way, getting feedback, even on this podcast, the whole, listen, I stopped doing this podcast because I didn't think fucking anybody really, I mean, not that I give a shit about it, but it was just taking away 45 minutes of my time or an hour of my time. And I, whatever, I didn't think anybody gave a shit, you know? And then a couple times recently, people were like, hey man, yo, when's the next podcast coming out? And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, yo, dude, I listen to everything. I listen to your podcast in the gym all the time. I'm like, Oh, all right, cool. You know, like, so to me, even hearing one person give me feedback about something makes it worth doing for me to continue doing something. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and social media has been huge for that for me, and it'll be huge for that f- for you too. Not only that, if that doesn't motivate you, you know what'll really motivate you? The people that are following you who want to see you fucking fail, um, it's a lot easier to fail in private and just give up on your diet and nutrition than it is to fail in public when you have 30,000 people watching you and at least 10,000 of those people want to see you fucking fail. All right? But think about it. 20 of those people want to see you succeed, so you're trying to succeed for them, and then you're also trying not to fail to let these motherfuckers win. All right? It's a very, very motivating factor in starting your fitness journey on social media. But when it comes to nervousness about going into the gym for the first time or starting a workout program for the first time, don't be fucking nervous, you know? Use those nerves to, mo- to motivate you, to, to push you, 
because um, you're not going to get any more comfortable doing nothing. You're just going to keep on getting constantly more uncomfortable. And then it gets to a point where so much time has gone by, you don't even know what the fuck to do anymore. And there is no perfect diet plan. There is no fucking perfect magical set of sneakers, no perfect supplements, no nothing. All right? You figure it out as you go. You get some advice from some people, like uh, whether it be a coach or whoever, but at the end of the day, you got to fucking make the effort and do the work and get it started and just start. Just start fucking going to the gym. Just start going outside for a walk. You don't even have to go to the gym. Just start going outside for a walk every day. Start cultivating good habits. Start eating more meats and fruits and veggies and shit and healthy food and less processed garbage and just go. Just fucking start. That is the main thing is you just have to start. I don't give a fuck if you don't have a pair of sneakers just go outside in your boots and just start walking. Go outside in your dress shoes and your suit and just start fucking walking, all right? It's not the outfit. It's not the supplements. It's not the fucking brand patch on your, on your shoulder, whatever the fuck it is. It's you. It's your heart, all right? If your heart is in it and you want to change, nothing's going to stop you, not nerves, not nothing. You're going to let those nerves motivate you into improving, all right? Don't be fucking nervous. Don't have anxiety about it. Okay, because all that anxiety is doing is fucking lying to you and telling you that you can't do it when you absolutely can. Because I've been where you've been. I've been anxious about going to the gym. The first time I ever stepped into Bev Francis Powerhouse Gym, which is the East Coast mecca of gyms. Professionals go there. Like, I see people that I see on TV in there, okay? I was fucking terrified. But you know what? I knew that I had to go there. I knew that if I wanted to level up and change into something that I, you know that I wanted to be, I had to go in there and be uncomfortable. And you'll have to be uncomfortable too if you want to change. You're going to have to get over that anxiety. Easier said than done, but you got to take baby steps. You got to get in the gym. You just got to get, get going, all right? Imagine letting your anxiety and your uncomfortableness hold you back from a better life. And like I said last week on my podcast, if you were listening, that is your fault, if you let your anxiety and your nervousness about what you think other people are thinking hold you back from doing shit, that is your fault. So stop fucking being held back by shit. Stop uh, being apprehensive about starting a fitness journey or a fucking whatever it is. I don't give a shit if it's starting a business or anything. If you're letting other people's opinions hold you back, that's your fucking fault. That's not their fault. That's your fault. All right? You want to be successful, you want to get something done, you fucking go after it and get it done, period. So, thank you again for listening this week. Now we're going to get into a new segment, what I like to call the mailbag, where I'm just going to take some things here that uh, people sent in, and I'm going to answer them. And this should be a little bit of maybe entertainment, maybe seriousness, who knows. Uh, the first question that people wanted me to talk about comes from Rockstar Recovery and Wellness. If you don't uh, follow them You should On Instagram uh, Great company They do like Liquid IV type stuff like, Not like the company But like you know Like vitamin IV drips And stuff like that uh, The grief of being a Mets fan Listen You have no idea Alright So the reason I became a Mets fan This is gonna sound fucking wild uh, If But if you know my personality It makes 100% perfect sense uh, Most of my family Were fucking Yankee fans And uh, They couldn't afford Yankee tickets so we went to Mets games when I was a kid, so then I became a Mets fan. 
to totally buck the system and just, you know, I became a Mets fan full of a family of Yankee fans. So there's that. Uh, and not only am I a Mets fan, I'm a fucking Jets fan. Uh, I'm an Islanders fan, and I'm a Knicks fan too. So I'm just cursed when it comes to all sports. Uh, and I used to be a huge sports fan, and I still am. I still like to go to games and stuff, but I'll tell you what. When I was at my worst in life is when I was paying too much attention to sports every week and things of that nature instead of focusing on myself. So that's another thing. Like You're going to have to give certain things up to make certain things happen. And football for fucking six hours every day on Sunday just isn't in my cards anymore. Uh, I am Cecilia Rivera. Listen, uh, go follow her too. Great person. I did a crazy ruck with her. She's from New Jersey. She goes to uh, CrossFit the Rack in New Jersey. Great person. She goes, what's my podcast? Well, I hope you found it. I sent you the, the link. It's called The Notorious HFL, and I hope you listen. Uh, she's a more peaceful person, it seems, than me. Um, I yell a lot more and curse a lot more than she does. But uh, go follow her. She's great. Um, BC Derv, injury recovery, being caution, cautious versus challenging yourself. Uh, I should do a whole podcast just on this in general. But here's the deal. You're going to have to work hard. Injuries are going to happen, but work within reason. Longevity is key. Um, when I saw people who are going to power lift, let them power lift, I don't fucking do it. I don't power lift. I don't ego lift. I don't do any of that shit. It serves its purpose if you're going to compete and do whatever else, if you want to get stronger. But if you want to change your body and you want to do physique, like, you know, change your physique and do all that type of things, especially at my age, 39 years old, or when I started, I was 35 years old, or 34 years old, rather. Um, yeah, longevity is key. I'm not going to start squatting, 450, you know, 425 or whatever the fuck it is for no reason. Um, it's just not something that I subscribe to my clients either. Uh, make the workout hard, make it challenging, uh, but make it work for you. And uh, ego lifting ain't it, in my opinion. Uh, yo, this one from my first partner on patrol B says, talk about how Shake Shack is superior to all American. Listen to me right now. All right. Fuck you. All right. You just pretend to hate all American because you moved to the North shore and you think you're all fucking fancy now. But According to your family, you used to like All-American, so I don't want to hear it, and All-American is way better than Shake Shack, so shove it. Politics on the job? Nah, bro. I don't talk about politics on the job. In fact, I think that most too many people on the job are too obsessed with politics as opposed to controlling their own life and what they can control. Um, it's it's ridiculous. I see more pictures of fucking political shit than I do of their own kids or them doing anything outside their fucking house. So uh, get your priorities in order. And the last one was life. I mean, yeah, of course. Like, this is my life. Uh, I talk about it all the time. So that's all I got for this week. Um, if you ever have any questions, if you want me to talk about anything on the podcast, please send it in. I'll discuss it. If you're listening to this today, tomorrow... At ProFit in Deer Park, I am hosting, as well as ProFit, a benefit for the Reps for Responders charity, which is just a get-together. There'll be vendors, tables uh, for law enforcement mental health. Um, it's something that I think is very important. Um, I was in a bad place mentally. 
I helped fix myself through physical fitness, and I think that a lot of other people can do the same thing. And I invite everybody to come down, hang out. There'll be first responder vehicles there. There'll be a workout, all that good stuff. There'll be a kids' workout, kids' boxing workout hosted by NYPD Boxing. And um, that starts the boxing workout starts at 10 a.m. The event starts at 9. Myself and a couple other people start speaking at 9.30. And it'll be a quick speaking, half an hour, because uh, I don't honestly don't, you know, you're listening to me right now for a half an hour. I don't want to bore you again, you know. But, um, yeah, come on down. Uh, what else? I have a lot of other stuff in the pipe. Uh, I'm working on an ebook, which will contain some cool stuff. Uh, maybe you saw some of that stuff uh, on my Instagram feed, which is going to be great. And um, then I'm working on my regular book, which will come after that. And then, yeah. Listen, if you ever know somebody who needs any coaching or needs any uh, kick in the ass, let them send them my way. Also, I got T-shirts and cool stuff for sale on my website, which, hey, listen, if you buy them, you buy them, you don't, you don't, whatever. I just think they're pretty cool. Uh, It's something I like to do is design things that people enjoy. So thank you for joining me again this week on the Notorious HFL podcast. If you like this podcast, please let somebody know about it. Share it in your story. Share it on your page. I would greatly appreciate it. The spread of positivity and, uh, you know, just, you know, anti-negative culture um, just needs to, is just something that is very important in life, uh, in this career path, everything. So please share with somebody. Let them know about this. All right. Love you guys. Thank you always for your support. I'll see you guys when I see you. Peace.